Hi all, this is the Sober Runner podcast, a podcast where I, the Sober Runner, talk to guests from all walks of life. We engage in conversations about alcohol, nutrition, well-being, fitness, running, among many other subjects that will hopefully make a difference. The main purpose is to have fun and learn at the same time. Please enjoy. Delighted to say I have a boxer who was challenged twice for lightweight world championships, the WBO title in 2012 and the WBC title in 2015. He has also sold out the bowling ground, West Ham's old home, which I know is still one of the highlights of his career. He's had his demons and he's come out the other side. He's now coaching and training and doing what he loves best, boxing. I've known this fella since we were little kids kicking a ball about in our native Dagnum. We're going to chat nutrition, mental health and physical health. I'm very pleased to be talking to Kevin, the Dagnum Destroyer, Mitchell. Hello, Kev. How are we, mate? All good, Lee. You are, mate? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. Um, to everyone out there, I mean, um, who's going to be listening, hopefully. Um, I've just, my, my, my pre-intro to, that you didn't hear, spoke about um, all the, the tournaments that you've been in, all the, the world championship fights you've been in, the belts you've won. Um, and that was only you know, touching. That was only touching the little bits of it all. Um, when you hear things like that, when you hear people talk about what you've done in your career, how does that make you feel? Yeah. How does it make yeah, you feel? It's mad. I say, I say to people, it don't really bother me. Though. It's just like there's a part of my life, I suppose, and I'll just go with the flow of it. Like it's just, it was a lot part. It was a part of my old life. Do I look at it? It was a life that um, I found is very hard part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I look at this part of my life now as like a new lease of life. Like I've um, so like I've, I'm, it's a new bit of life. It's a new me. I'm I'm restarting again. I'm, I'm doing something new again. Okay, so with that, with that something new, what is that something new at the moment, Kev? It's all my life. I, I, I trained all my life for fighting, combat, and winning titles. Yeah. And I was under a lot of pressure. I put myself under loads of intense pressure to to be really good at what I was trying to do. And now, basically, I'm trying to guide the new the new me is trying to guide kids okay. who like me, very vulnerable, yeah, very lost in certain ways of doing things and that, and guide them in the right way as best possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously, you're training some some younger up and coming boxers at the moment. Yep, I am. Yeah. Do you? I mean, coming from Essex like we do, coming from Dagnum and stuff like that. Um, yep. Do you see? Have you seen a sort of change in the kids coming up now? As in, um, I see my my eldest, who's eighteen. Um, I don't see him. He doesn't drink. Um, no, my, my your your boy don't drink. No. Well, I, I don't ever. When I was fifteen, you'd go and have a beer at ass parties and things. But like, what I'm saying is, when my, my fighters coming through, like they don't drink. Like the generation of our generation, you'd Thursday fight or Friday nights. Down, down the middle house, down bullshit yeah. working men's. Yeah. We'd all be dancing. The sisters would be there, my family would be there. And so many families would be there. Yeah. And that was the life we led. But I think the generation they're coming through now, I think they've sort of like, well, nah, we're not doing that. Nah. And um, even the boxers, like the older boxers now, they're like 25, 26s. They're not doing it. They're not, no. They don't live like how we live. Well, but after my fights, I've done massive after parties, losing yeah. and partying for months. Okay. They don't do it at all. What, why, do do you, at all. why do you think that is, Kev? 
What do you reckon that is? I think they learn from our mistakes. Okay. That's a, that's a good... That's a, that's I personally good. think. Yeah, yeah. Do you reckon maybe like... Um, influence... I, 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 I sort of think that there's an influence maybe on social media and, and TV and all that. You know, like, like we are in Essex, obviously. Like the only way is Essex... Social media and TV... They, they, they control us. They control everything by social media and TV. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everything you see at that age is controlled by TV, social media, yeah. the papers, mm -hmm. the tablons. Facebook's massive on it now. Yeah. Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. And what the kids see is... That's that. Not being funny, my kids are like... They're into the boot on trainers, the boot yeah. on shoes. They're like, they're like a thousand pounds. Yeah, my first pair of trainers, I was 13, 14. My sister's army down Reeboks. <laughs> paint on them. Yeah, exactly. Do you reckon? Uh, do you reckon as well? Maybe um, I, I, I certainly think, especially in maybe uh, football and things like that, could be boxing as well. Is that it's so accessible now, especially on TV, Sky Sports, Box Nation, Boxing Nation, all them channels. Uh, they've got a little bit more. It's, it's, they can get access to all those um, channels and watch these people at the top of their game. Um, do you reckon that sort of influences them a bit? Influence. I think. I think. I think these young kids coming through. I think they look at it now. I think, you know what? That guy's an all-round athlete. Yeah. Like, do you remember the darts players? The darts players. Yeah. They're playing yeah. darts on the booze. Yeah. Now they're all athletes. Now they're all they're no. all in shape. They're drinking water. Yeah. None of beer. I think maybe that. Um. I. I yeah. I definitely get that. I mean, you see, and, and snooker players. Um. It's the booze all the time. Yeah, so I've been reading um, Ronnie O'Sullivan's book, and um, he obviously had his troubles. Yeah. And uh, but his thing was running. He started running a lot, and he was actually. He's a great runner. He come just come down my gym a lot, money, and he is an unbelievably good runner. I mean, yeah. he can run. Yeah. So when I yeah. see him, he says in his book and that you know running and and keeping fit and stuff like that is not just about his body because when he's playing snooker for eight hours a day. He's the old brain. His brain's got yeah. as well. So he says that the brain's got keep thinking. Yeah, exactly. So that sort of, you know, I'm, I, it leads me into um, talking about um, your mindset and your, your your nutrition and stuff. Your your fight against uh, Michael Katsidis, whatever his bloody Australian name is. Um, yeah, at Upton Park. Um, I remember it, and you know, most of everyone that we know and in Dagnum know. Um, it was a big, yeah. big fight, you know, um, and it was a big it fight. It was massive. In the, in, the, in the time it happened, it was like, I was the only boxer in, in, in the country that was selling that football crowd to arenas at the yeah. time. Yeah, No one, no one in the world was doing it. I think there weren't anyone anywhere doing it. No. Um, you know, like, back then, like, if, if you was, like, having trouble with the missus, you'd go down the pub. Yeah. And that's what I did. I was in trouble at home. I went down the pub. It's just how <laughs> it was back then. And it's just, I suppose it was the last time, like, when your dad was arguing with your mum, he'd go down the pub. Yeah, yeah. That's how it was back then, right? No, it's right. I mean, you just... So, you know... Short, short space of time has changed. Yeah. I, think, I, I definitely think it has. Um, I think there's obviously a lot, a lot of money involved in sport now. A lot of money to be uh, dealt with. Fortune. Fortune. You know more than what I do about it, but I can imagine that, you know... There's a fine line between earning a hell of a lot of money and if you don't not and not. Is that is that true? Yeah. 
obviously learn from you. Um, exactly that. He's, he's, as, as your son's not like you, your, your son didn't drink and I think he's like, how old your son now, 18? My, my eldest is 18, yeah, yeah. He's 18, he don't drink. But Connor's like, Connor's very straight-laced. Yeah. He doesn't drink, he's on, he's on his diet all the time. Yeah. No, I think, you know, um, so, so your day-to-day, so you're obviously minimal, uh, you're minimal through, the, through these days leading up to a fight, yeah? It's not... You'd, you'd wake up, you'd wake up like 5 a.m., yeah. So you'd be out the door by about half five, six. You'd be, out, be doing an hour run. Yeah. Have you ever seen the the um, the, the diet porridge pots? You, you do a boiled water. Yeah. You literally have that little bit of porridge for your breakfast. Yeah. With maybe a, a small protein shake with a tiny bit of water in it. Okay. That you drink. Yeah. You go home. You get showered. You go back to sleep. Okay. Wake up again at 12, go training again, boxing, training, sparring, probably two to three hours. Mm-hmm. For that, you might have like um, an energy boost, like, um, I don't know, a sports sort of like gel that would give you a bit of a yeah. kick. Yeah, yeah. You, you then train two or three hours, so you'd be very, you'd be very weak in training. You then, you then have like a lunch, you'd have, I don't know, you'd have a light, you'd have, you'd have a light carb, like, um, Sweet potato mash. Yeah. With, with a bit of chicken and salad. Mm-hmm. So that is a weight. Everything's weight. Is it weight? And, okay. like, and then you might have one more strength conditioning session at about five, six. Yeah. And then you'd have a light dinner after that, like a tuna tuna salad. Okay. With, Just... with <laughs> and that's it. Did that... So obviously, people's emotion with food as well is all you know up in their heads. You know, you sort of attached, yeah. emotional to it. You know what I mean? But so, did you enjoy that food? I didn't enjoy the food. It made me respect food. Like, I love my food. Like, I've, got, yeah. I've, got, I've got a lot of mates that are famous in restaurants, and they were like, Jason Efron's a friend of mine. Yeah, I go to all these restaurants and I have nice food. I love my food. It makes you respect food, but dieting. It's the way you look at it when you're dieting, you're just thinking, I'm getting that payday. I'm getting that title shot. So, yeah. get that, it then leads to that. Right. And the next one, it then leads to that. Okay. then leads to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you look at it, it's just part of the job. It's just the job. Okay. So, you're talking about the kind of stepping things. When you feel that, I mean, you're having it, you're having it, you get your boxing, you get your match on, you fight, um, win, lose, or draw, whatever it is. Do you then think, fucking hell, that's awesome. I can have a, I can, I can just have a blowout now. Did well, you know, when that? I was younger, when I was younger, I used to go mad and go on the, on the booze for about two, three months, yeah. eating everything. Yeah. And as I got later on in my career, and I got with Tony Sims, and he looked after me, and he cared for me. Yeah. I actually, then what I'd do, I'd go, I'd go mad bakers. Yeah. I'd set up like literally, I don't know, two hundred roast dinners. Yeah. I pay for the ones that roast dinners, and then I'd have the party in Man Baker's social club with one of the roast dinners. Yeah. And then that'd be the after party. So it'd be going on for like three months or four months. One of my parties went on for about, one of my binges went on for nine months. That's not bad, that. That's quite a good one. That's pretty decent, isn't it? Yeah, nine months binge is good, mad, isn't it? Yeah. That's so I had to, I had to care for I was boozing, I was getting out of control sort of thing. I was like, 
I was partying for like two, it'd be like six week party, and it'd be a three month party. And my, my worst one was after the Cedars. And it was yeah. a nine month party. Like literally, I blew about 180 grand on yeah. booze and escorts. Yeah. So that that sort of uh, once obviously you've done that nine months or whatever it was, you've then you've then got to think about going out and earning some money again. Also, I've got working on the underground. Um, I was working on the underground. Yeah, I was working, yeah. I, was, I, was, I just thought. I fought up to park. I was working on the underground with all, all the boys. Yeah. And to be honest, I had the time of my life working on the underground. It's, it's yeah. like a bit of normality back for me. All the years I've been earning money, good money. Yeah. I was earning good money. And I, was, I was earning great money. I was earning normal wage. And I was, but I was living a normal life, having, having like lunch with the lads. And yeah. That. Did that. So you know, yeah. If you would, if you think back now, do you that that sort of time? If you was, if you was told, look, you ain't going out on the piss, um, you're not drinking, you're going straight back in the gym to crack on. Do you think that yeah. it might have it might have panned out a little bit differently? Yeah, most definitely, it would totally would have done. If I'd have had Tony Sims around my early doors, yeah, it would have totally panned out differently. Yeah, it would have been totally different. But um, it's so answer like it's like saying I said on the day. If I'd won a Cedars fight, I'd have probably got a nicked after that for getting something called a big man. Like millions. Yeah. I've got millions, but like, if that had happened, would I be doing what I'm doing now? I'm now looking after kids, giving them doing voluntary work three, four days a week in the West End Boys Club. Yeah. I've been in the West End doing PTN. Yeah. And I've trained pro. So, like, would I be doing what I'm doing now? Would I, would I have, like, um, a structured life that I don't have now. No. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy. That's unbelievable. So, so what, what, what may be coming out the other side of that is with the alcohol and all that, and it sort of, it's pushed you in a direction that you know you, you've got your values or the values that you, the stuff that you value most in life is, is helping people, helping young lads, you know, yeah, like helping see their dreams. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Try and get them to figure their dreams and find. Try and get reach their goals. Yeah. So I mean, you know, we can all sit here. I mean, we sit here. Anyone listening is probably thinking, you know, Kim, you know, had the big fights and earned lots of money and stuff. But basically, but really, what I think I'm trying to get at, what you're what you're saying is that it's not for you really now. When you think back, it's, it wasn't even about the money at the time. It was no, about, no. It was still Maybe, about boxing. Yeah, like, I, I love fighting. Like you remember me as a kid. I was a little yeah. scallywag, wasn't I? I was a yeah. little sod, wasn't I? Decent little um, as well, man. Good little football. Yeah, that was good fun. I loved fighting, and, and that's what I did, and I was getting yeah. paid good for it. But like, yeah, but for me now, I, I love helping people. And the funny what I'd known back then. Yeah. Yeah. But then, finally, Francis is the, he's the CEO of Sky Sports. Yeah. And he said, like, would you go back and change it? I said, no, like, I'm glad I did it the way I did it. Because I, yeah. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I can like, talk to kids now. Mm. Guide them in the right way, do the right things through, through my own experiences. Yeah, I suppose. Well, um, I mean, it ain't a bad career you had either, is it? You know what I mean? You're sitting here going, "Fucking hell, it could have been better." It wasn't a bad. It was a fucking awful. Great, great career. I had a great, I had a great, I had a great crack at it, really. Yeah. It, you know, career. there's not many people that do what you've done. So uh, you yeah, know, I loved it. Yeah, exactly. That's what, and then that's you know, this is kind of what the podcast is about. It's just to say, you know, uh, you've got to, you've got to fucking stand up and and have a go. But for me personally, standing yeah. here, I mean, um, 
the alcohol thing sort of always ties in, especially someone like me or you or anyone, any, any kid in a, in a little town, in, in a working class town in, in this country, to have yeah, this yeah. Kind of, they have this um, thing where, where we're brought up on drinking um, and that's what we do, which is fine, because that's what you're brought yeah. up on. But I want to sort of put a message out to show kids that, you know, that it, for, for some weird reason in this country, alcohol is like, I'm not saying that you shouldn't drink it, because it's fair enough. I'm just saying that there's kids out there, I'd like love them to know that you don't have to drink, you know what I mean? You don't have no, to drink. To be honest the worst thing I did was start drinking. Yeah. I, I, I've got control over my drinking now. Yeah. I don't go mental anymore. I don't go missing, go mad for days. It's tiring. Yeah, that's, that's the big thing, though. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's just, kids shouldn't drink. In, like, if, they, if they're involved in any aspects, if they're electrician, yeah. plumber, oh, yeah. if they want to be good at stink, don't make it difficult. As soon as you start drinking, it makes everything difficult. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. But, relationships, marriage, children, everything. All for that, you know. That for all for the three or four hours in the pub with your mates. Is, I mean, one thing I was saying to our missus earlier is yeah, there's a couple of things that I really miss um, about drinking. Really, well, I don't really miss the drinking part of it. Is you know the football's on, a couple of boys have gone down the pub. You go and meet them. You've had three drinks and it's been nice. That's a nice little you know three or four drinks and you're no, yeah. That's a good. You can do that. I, I popped down the pub the other night and had a couple of soda water limes. Yeah. You can do it. It's not a big deal. Um, so for me, it was like that kind of um, trying to trying to get a, get away from the fact that um, drinking, for me, I, I sort of linked drink, drinking up to to sport and to having a good time. And it was quite hard. Socialising. Yeah, Socialising. Yeah. That's, you yeah, know, of course, yeah. But you can socialise without it. You know, you've just said you go down a pub and have a soda. So what? Yeah, of course. It's just about being, being with your mates and just sitting there and... Having a laugh. Having a bit of banter, taking the piss out of someone, i.e. Pagey. Yeah, fair enough. He had a baby as well, so nice one. Yeah. Good for him, good for him. Um, so, obviously, you've done, you've done, you've done your big fight, um, I, you know, and you've had a lovely career. And then, um, how long have you been retired now, Kev? You've been, what's that? How long five years now, five years, five years. Okay, so in them five years from your retirement, how did you feel once you retired? A big relief of my fucking shoulders, massive. Like the pressure yeah. I used to put on myself. I was put so much intense pressure on myself. Mm. It was a big release when I retired. I was feel like I ain't got, I ain't got to do that anymore. I ain't got to try and be angry all the time. I'm not really. I just have to try and be that more yeah. aggressive and be like, yeah, just be me, be, be, be calm and be more relaxed than that. Yeah, I suppose that goes a little bit with the territory of being a boxer, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it does. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah, you got you, you that way inclined. But as in like, a lot of my friends, like Del Barker, Spencer Oliver, all the boxers, Kawasaki's, yeah, all of them, like, tell you, they're all nice people, all lovely people. Hmm. And I, and when I, you know, after your career, when you know after your career, you just, you so you die in, you got pressure on you, yeah. tension, yeah, and yeah, then you it brings it out of you, I suppose. Yeah. So, so you, 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 you retired and that, and then you've obviously you've, you've massive release off your shoulders. What, yep. what, what do you think next? What, what's your next goal? Because, I mean, as a boxer, I suppose, you've always got a fight in mind. You've always got a goal in mind. You've yeah, you've got routine. You've got structured routine. So then so what do you Tony Sims said to me, Tony, Tony, Tony Sims was good to me, basically. He said to me, 
Right at the end of my career, I, was, I didn't realise what he was doing. Instead of going me after my fights, going out on the booze or after my fights, he'd go away for a week or two and only, then I'd take control of the gym. So right. I'd be training all my mates in the gym. So he planted a little seed in my to start training fighters. He just started doing it. Right at the end of my career, last like, three or four fights. And then basically, as I retired, I said, why don't you start helping me out? So I've got a good boxing, but I'm very thoughtful in what I do with tactics and things. Yeah. So I started helping him out. I was missing days here and then. He said to me, look, you know what? Have a bit of time out. Clear your head for a year, six months, eight months. Then come back to us. So I had a lot of time out. Yeah. Went on a few holidays. I'd spent time with the family. Done, done a few bits I wanted to do. See, see a bit, bit more of the world. And then I'd come back to the gym. I slowly surely went to train that way. So what he done then, Tony, was um, he made you accountable for something, didn't he? You know, he, he gave me reason. He gave me reason. Yeah, and that you know, it goes a long way in all sorts of things. I mean, you're doing the coaching now, so them, them, them boys out there boxing, you've made them accountable to you, and you're accountable for them. Of course, so you've got, you've got. Yes, I've got to look after all of them. I look after all the workers. I look. I've got a lot to do. And when it gets to that time, when it's five o'clock in the morning, these lads have got to get up for a run. They're accountable, thinking yeah, then, I've got to get up for Kev. You know? Yeah, but also, also, like, if you think so, like, their lifestyles on weekends, what's mm. their mum and dad like? Their mum and dad big drinkers? Are they party people? Fair enough. Are they struggling at home? Yeah. Have they got enough money to get to the gym? Yeah. Uh, have they got clothing? Mm. There's a lot to do with it. You're looking after them, and there's so much to do with it. Do you, do you take that? Do you take that? Do you take that on, though? If, I mean, if someone is struggling outside, or the parents are struggling, yeah, or do you take all that on yourself personally? Yeah, I've done more. Yeah, I've done you. I've done you. Yeah, I've done. I've done. I've told you done it. Yeah, cause I have. Yeah, look after doing the best way I can. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, so obviously you've had then you had you started being accountable for going down the gym for Tony. You, um, you're 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 now part of a coaching team. You're doing all coaching for kids and that. And then obviously, um, what happened to 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 Vin? Um. Yeah. Right. Well, you talk about it, you talk about it, sweet, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it was like... Um, Basically, well, I was in a really good place. Everything was going really well. I was in the yeah. West Ham gym when it happened. My son was in the quarterfinals of the Nationals. Yeah. My little Vinny was in the ring. And my phone just went. My phone literally just went on the phone. It said, my mum. And she went, Kev, quick. I went, what's the point outside the ring? Because the gym's packed with about 100 kids. It's like, yeah. it's busy as you like. And as I'm on the phone, my dad's pulled up in his little car with his, with his girlfriend. And she's gone, Vinny's had a motorbike accident. I went, well, is he bad? And I thought, accident, he's all right. So I've run up with his best mate, Sonny, that was with him. Couldn't get through to him. But I bring my mum in's back up and goes, I can hear terror in the voice. A really bad terror in the voice. Yeah. And um, I knew saying bad happened. So I put the phone down and I rang his best mate up again. And Nathan, just, um, Sonny then just said to me, um, Vinny's gone. I thought he's gone. He's fled the scene. I went, what, he's gone? He's gone, he's left the scene. He said, no, Kev, he's gone. He's, he's dead, he's gone. So I looked at my dad, and my dad went, what's the matter? I said, Vinny's dead, dad. And he went, what? I said, Vinny's dead, dad, like, he's gone. Then basically, he was like, what would you mean, you know? I went, Vinny's fucking dead, dad. So then I've got, I've got about 27 kids in the quarterfinals of national championships in the gym, training. Yeah. yeah. There's other coaches in there, like a few of my old coaches, and I work with them all now. So I've had to go in the gym and go, Vince, Con, you've got to get the ring, we've got to go home. And they went, we're training for the championship. I've got to start. I went, boy, I said, well, Vinny's just died. We've got to leave. And with that, 
all my brother's coaches were all in the gym, like his old coaches, they've all broke down crying and that. So I've left, jumped in the car and drove. I'm leaving from Plasto now. So leaving Plasto, my brother, if you don't know, he crashed on there going where the McDonald's is. Yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah. So yeah. then, so we're coming down there for, and what is it? It's chock a block. And also, it's fucking April Fool's Day, worst of all. So everyone's ringing up going to me, Fuck please you. tell me this is an April Fool's. Okay. So I've got to the so I've got to the crash site and then basically it's just fucking you imagine there's probably about I don't know, there's probably a couple of hundred people there standing there for him, waiting for his body to be moved. Day thirteen was shut off. I was more angry than anything. I was so angry, so so much so like, when I was a kid there, I was an aggressive kid, if you remember rightly. I do, yeah. And as a kid that's all left me that aggression. I've never been aggressive ever since. I've been as I got older, it's left me. Yeah. And all my anger come back to me. Like, it's like, it felt like, again, I was like, I felt like, again, when I was like a 10, 11 year old kid, like, yeah. so much anger with me. Who, who was you angry with? And I was like that for a long time. Who was you angry with? The situation? I don't know. Don't know. The situation, him, situation. Yeah. I'm not sure anyone wanted to confront me or anything, yeah. or anyone, any, anyone. Yeah. yeah. So, so I spent a lot of time. Devin Barker's mum, Devin Barker lost yeah. his little brother Gary, who boxed my brother three times. Yeah. So his mum would go, his mum would message me a lot and keep me like just messaging me most nights. She'd message me most days. She'd be messaging yeah. me, making sure that I weren't doing nothing crazy, going to work no one, yeah. do anything yeah. stupid. Yeah. And so basically, I was just so angry. That's, 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 that's a good thing that she's done. Yeah, like, yeah it's nice that she's done that. She kept in contact with me for a long time. But yeah, it was weird. Like you'd be angry, then you'd be emotional. Yeah. Then you'd feel nothing at all. Then you'd, but then you'd feel guilty for not feeling emotional. Yeah. That's all. It's all normal. Then you'd feel angry again. It's, it was like it was like a whirlwind for a space. Still, still getting there. Like I had to clean his ass out. Like um, two days ago, my sister, two sisters, my mum, because obviously we're renting his ass out now for the kids and that. Yeah. So going through it again, and uh, in the end, I had to leave the house and go and yeah. sit in here on my own. I didn't cry, but like, I was a mother, I don't know if you feel that, that sort of feeling in your soul. It's not easy, mate, no. No, I mean, you know, we, we was all, we was, everyone, we was all very, very shocked. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. You, got, you got so many people messaging you, I mean, not you, but yeah, of course, yeah. everyone that we know going, fucking hell, you know, like, what, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, we could sit here and talk about that all night, couldn't we, you know? Yep, of course, yeah. So what did, you know, that's obviously happened and it was, it was a terrible thing to happen. What, how did you cope? I mean, did you, did you get your head straight into boxing again? Or you had a, back you had, on the booze. You went back on the booze. Back um, on the booze for four or five months. Really? Okay. Yeah, but it's mad as this, because Gary, Gary, you know, Paige, he's settled down, yeah. like, he's my best mate, isn't he? Yeah. So he's, he's settled down, he's come away from all the mad party and lifestyle. So, as we all have, we've all slowed down and that, like, yeah. I was at boozing every week, and I'd, I'd go, I wouldn't give a crap, I'd be out on my own. Okay. And I'd have Gary, Paige would come out and see me all the time. Yeah. A young kid, I was good friends with his, his, his um, granddad, young Gary Sims would come out a lot. So okay. Paige would come out and, and spend time with me, and young Gary Sims just come and, like, just, Dating a kid called Dane Murphy, he's another good friend of mine. Yeah. He'd spend time with me. He's Mrs. Jill. Jill, she's come look after me as well. And basically, then, just trying to sit with me and just, um, did it, just look after me, basically. Did you know when you when you was drinking, obviously, you I mean, we, we all it's all quite easy to talk, to talk about it, but when you was drinking, I understood because 
I understood because when I drank the first time at Upton Park, when I was on a bad, I'd done okay. drinks awareness courses. I'd done AA meetings. So oh, I understood okay. why. I understood from having like cancelling yeah. and having doing AA, AA meetings. I understood what I was doing. Yeah. So, so in hindsight, I really was boozing because of depression. But obviously, I wasn't then also going over the top. So. Yeah, I knew what, what I was drinking, but I wasn't going crazy with the booze. I was boozing heavy, but not as yeah. if it was like I'll be going home, and going to bed. I'd be going home, I'd be going to bed. Like when when the when the bar shut, the pub had shut, I'd go home. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go down into London and try and find a twenty-four hour pub. Yeah, no, I gotcha, gotcha. So you yeah. you were down the pub every day, but you weren't you weren't see, you weren't carrying on and for days on end without sleep and all that kind of thing. No, 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 that sort of thing. No, I, I wasn't. I, like, could, wasn't I suppose the weird way that comes with a bit of age, because if it had been when you was twenty-five, it would have fucking destroyed me. It would have exactly. killed me. So, yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not a fucking blessing. But I'm saying that you, you know you was able to sort of uh, yeah, able to see what I was going on. I was able to see from the outside what was going on. Yeah, the thought process was different. So yeah, definitely. You know, um, my last little thing. So uh, running, right? Because I'm doing a lot of running. Um, yeah. I'm doing a ton of running, which is nice. And we was we see. I've noticed. I'm watching on social media. I'm watching it. Sadly enough, the last time we see each other was at a funeral. So yeah, um, a few, I've seen I've seen a few of your boys that one, a few of your mates, your old school mates as well. What ones? They're all they're all fat than me, surely. Oh, you you had them all wet running in the woods, don't you? Had yeah, them, got, Hudson was that. there. Hudson was there. Yeah, Hudson, that's what Hudson. Hudson was there. I've had a few of them. Yeah, I've had a few of them. You know, get involved, and it's it's good it's good fun, but. The running for me um, started quite a while back, uh, probably about yeah. two years ago, before I stopped drinking, um, and it was kind of on, off, on, off. And I used to hate running, but for some weird well, reason... Well, do you see when you about Ronnie O'Sullivan? Yeah. That's why he runs. The same reason you run, the reason that he runs. Well, yeah, you know, but yeah, definitely. And it's sort of, in a strange way, I was in competition with myself. Um, because yeah. Every time I've done something like a time or, or a distance, I think, oh, I can do more than that. I know I can. And then yes. the nutrition's come with my oldest playing uh, handball. And yep. he and, um, yep. played at a sort of GB level, which was brilliant. But I watched yeah, him, great, and, I, yeah. and, I, and I watched him, you know, how they used to eat and stuff, and I thought, you know, I'm really interested in that. Food is like, food is like everything. Is food everything. is everything. So, you know, um, I, uh, yeah, so the running side of it, how long, how, I, I like to know, boxers, and we know they run, and as it goes, yeah. I think I remember once on a see ya, I think yes. maybe coming down the Eiffel, I think it was. In, in yeah, that's my old, old Dagenham one, yep. Yeah, I'm sure you had bin bags on. Bin bags on back then, used to be sweat suits, but that's also, the old school ways is the wrong way. The way you make weight now for, for the food, food, food. Okay. But we'd chuck bin bags on, sweat suits on. Yeah. Lose the weight by sweating out and destroying herself. Yeah. But at this day and age, you make weight like an athlete and, and it's monitored over like a 14, 15 week camp or a 13 week camp and the food gradually comes down Yeah, the weight comes down. Okay, that's interesting as it goes. Um, so running, at, what's, what's, what's your distance? What can you run? Well, can I, I run the half marathon every year about training. I run the half marathon every okay. year about training. And you're all right with that, without training? Yeah, but if you want to do it, I'll put you in the off mouth this year. The London World Parks, yeah. thousands are there, and I'll yeah. get there's loads of us to do it. Loads of my mates turn up. We all do it. We all we all go for food after. Yeah, you you beast. Fucking no training, just turn up and fucking do it. 
So there we have it, Kevin Mitchell, a true champ and an interesting insight into the world of professional boxing. Um, in summary, it could be uh, easy to look in from the outside and come to a conclusion quite quick. You know, we see these athletes and many people from all walks of life, uh, their lives can seem perfect uh, without really realising the struggles and the hardships and the sacrifice they've made to get where they are or do what they're doing. Um, I was really interested in to hear about his nutrition um, then and now and what he takes into his new boxers, the experiences that, that he's had. And it's also you know, refreshing to hear him say that alcohol is not the be all and end all and it can and will ruin a career, relationships like it has with him, um, you know, and, and how it gets in the way of your goals. Um, so that was a nice insight into his world. Um, I'm just hoping that, you know, you can look back on this one and have a listen to this podcast, maybe take out a few things for yourself. Um, so I'll leave you with the, the bits in his own, his own words, which is live clean, train hard and keep away from women. Thanks.